this is Evan at Stride, and welcome back to another episode of the Stride Power Podcast. It's January 1st, 2020. Hope you're having a great start to the new year. We're really excited to bring more content as we start this new year. Uh, Really excited to talk more about how you can learn about how to use Stride, uh, more scientific-based literature, more interviews, uh, and more helpful tips from us at Stride. Uh, Very excited to start this new year out with more content. Um, The episode today, I want to talk about two articles from Hans and Ron from The Secret of Running. You may have read their book. You might have no idea that there is a book called The Secret of Running. Uh, It is one of my favorite uh, books to constantly refer back to in my own training and just looking at how to use stride data in a practical manner. Uh, I believe that the book is very scientifically backed. I really enjoy the deep dive into it, but then on the surface level, I find that I can learn a lot of information uh, from it. So you can definitely go to uh, our website and get the book. You can search for The Secret of Running um, and then just search for Stride along with it and it'll take you right there. But I have two articles that I want to talk through because I think they're actually very helpful for understanding how Stride data relates not only in your training and your racing, but uh, helps you understand just how to use uh, you know, the data that's coming from this foot pod that you, you put on your foot and you run with. So the first article is uh, the close relationship between Stride and VO2 max. So how do, you, how do you find your VO2 max just by using Stride data? Well, Hans and Ron are going to tell you um, based off some scientific research they've done. Uh, recently, they carried out a new research project in cooperation with the physiological laboratory of Professor Maria Hotman of the Radboud University in Netherlands. A uh, full scientific paper on the project had been submitted to Journal of Sports Science and Medicine in order to share their results with the running community at large. They wrote four short popular papers on the main findings of one, the close relationship between stride power and VO2. Uh, Number two, the impact of speed on running economy. Number three, the impact of cadence on the running economy. And number four, the physiological differences between trained and untrained runners. So the first topic that we are going to talk about, uh, well, I am going to talk about, is the close relationship between stride power and VO2. You can go to blog.stride.com to read this article in full. I cannot... uh, talk the pictures and the illustrations that are in the article. So I'd really highly suggest if this short podcast does interest you, definitely, definitely go to blog.stride.com. Just look for the uh, Stride and VO2 article and you'll be able to view kind of the visual visualizations uh, that come along with this article. Um, So starting the article off, this project included measuring the VO2 in milliliters of oxygen per kilogram per minute and stride power in watts per kilogram. There were 21 runners, 11 trained and experienced distance runners, and 10 untrained students. There were five different speeds that were run maintained during three minutes, increasing in four steps of one kilometer an hour. This means that there was a total of 105 data points of VO2 and power. The figure below shows the database, so you should 100% go and look at this figure because it's super cool. I really like it. Um, Shows the really, really cool data overlaid on a table. The correlation between VO2 and stride power is quite impressive, and even more so when we realize that the data points represent a 
heterogeneous set of runners who are trained and untrained and test conditions, uh, low speed all the way up to their lactate threshold speed. Um, Hans and Ron write, this confirms our earlier findings that the daily stride power data can be used very well to provide an alternative for the once a year determination of the VO2 max in a physiological laboratory. Uh, here's some other really interesting findings from this article. Uh, the, the first being trained runners need less oxygen to produce the same wattage. A striking result is that they found the most of the scatter in the data can be eliminated when we divide our test runners into two groups. Uh, for example, trained and untrained. Trained runners need about 4% less oxygen, so they have a somewhat lower VO2 in milliliters of oxygen per kilogram per minute at the same power in watts per kilogram. This means that their metabolic efficiency must be higher. Uh, in the blog, they have a formula for their metabolic efficiency. Um, I'm not going to read through it because I don't want to complicate anything. But they say that the energy yield of oxygen, which can be approximated uh, at 19 joules per milliliter of oxygen, uh, goes along in this equation that's important to know. And so uh, the result from the equation that they give is a metabolic efficiency of 22%. Uh, the reason that this is important to know is that the figure in the blog shows the untrained runners had a metabolic efficiency close to 23%, whereas the trained runners were 4% more efficient with a metabolic efficiency close to 24%. The two lines, when you break these untrained and trained runners up into groups, closely match the data. We note that most of the remaining scatter between the data points is caused by differences in speed. Uh, they mention that this leads to a change in the fuel mix, which is less fatty acids and more glycogen as your speed increases, uh, and the energy yield. Consequently, the VO2 at low speeds tends to be relatively high, the reverse in the case at high speeds. So. The, uh, the title of this or something referring to it uh, that probably drew you in was how to calculate your VO2 from your stride power data because this is a super interesting thing to um, learn a little bit more about your running. Uh, Hans and Ron note that the trained, and, trained runners were experienced distance runners with many years of training. However, they were not at the elite level. Uh, this is important because in the blog post, there is going to be uh, the full formula um, which is just multiplying uh, the, the, the number um, by the certain power that you uh, have based off your, your running tests. And I don't necessarily want to talk through the whole thing. I'll give you a quick snippet here um, saying untrained runners, their VO2 equals 13.73 times their watts per kilogram. Trained runners, VO2 equals 13.16 times watts per kilogram. Elite athletes, VO2 equals 12.63 times watts per kilogram. Um, you don't have to write this down. You can just go to blog.stride.com and look at your data side by side with this formula. Um, the above formulas approximate the VO2 for all power ranges. In order to estimate your VO2 max, you should use the power that you can maintain during 10 minutes is what Hans and Ron write. So I would really encourage you if you are interested on how to calculate your VO2 from your stride power data, definitely go to blog.stride.com and look for the article called how to use stride power to calculate your VO2. Um, second part of this podcast, quick podcast, uh, is going to talk about how much the wind 
impacts your 5K time. And this is one of the reasons that I absolutely love the secret of running book. In the book, they refer constantly back to somebody they call their marathon man. It's a uh, imaginary figure that has a set weight, has a set running speed, has a set energy availability, and he goes through the ringer of all these sample equations and all these um, experiments that they talk about of different conditions, different um, terrain, uh, you know, different physiological performances, and it helps you understand how the math and the science that goes into getting all this data, how it actually works and how it can actually help you. So this is going to be kind of an example of it because we're going to use one of the authors as kind of our, our guide for figuring out how much the wind impacts your 5k time. So the article here, this is again from the guys at Secret of Running, Hunts and Run, uh, say there is a worldwide hunt in the search for options to optimize running performance through reducing the air resistance among runners, coaches, and running scientists. Cyclists and speed skaters have been doing this for a long time already by developing optimal aerodynamic conditions such as clothing, frames, body position, streamlining, drafting, and running. There have been a few breakthroughs in capturing air resistance recently. The first came with the development of the new stride, which reports air power additional to power in real time. The second was the sensational Ineos 159 challenge in Vienna. Elliot Kipchoge was helped by 41 pacers, five teams of seven pacers and six reserves to achieve his magnificent 159.40 for 26.2 miles. In this paper, we will calculate concretely and exactly how big the impact of the wind speed and the wind direction is on the running speed. As an example, we'll use the author Hans, who weighs 58 kilograms and can run a 5K race time in 18 minutes. So in the book Secret of Running, they discuss the theory of air resistance in many, many chapters. According to the fundamental laws of physics, the power required to surmount the air resistance, which is PA, air power, is determined by the density of air, the air resistance factor called CDA, the running speed, and the wind speed. So I'll go over this again. The, the things that go into calculating air power uh, are the density of the air. That's important to know. The air factor or air resistance factor, CDA, that's important to know. The running speed, that's important to know, and the wind speed. So that's what goes into air power. Um, first, we're going to assume for this equation that Hans ran his time of 18 minutes in quote-unquote ideal conditions, so no wind. The wind equals zero. Consequently, his air resistance power will have been equal to 14 watts in the standard conditions at his running speed. So uh, 5,000 meters in 18 minutes is 4.63 meters per second. His running power would have been equal to 263 watts in this example. So you might ask, okay, how big is the impact of the wind on the air resistance. Actually, I want to back up really quick because I find um, if I talk through things a little too quickly, I might uh, skip ahead and not make sense as much. Um, in the previous sentence here said, consequently, his air resistance power would have been equal to 14 watts. And this is something that you could see um, with with the new stride. You You have your running time, you have your running speed, and with ideal conditions, meaning the wind, the headwind uh, equals zero, there's going to be 14 extra watts of air 
resistance. And this is fully explained if you read the book Secret of Running, um, but just assuming that his running speed is 4.63 meters per second, he covers 5,000 meters in 18 minutes, that gets him his 263 watts. How big is the impact of the wind on air resistance? So now that we've calculated the air resistance power at 2, 8, 16 meters per second, this is, again, in the book and in the blog post, there's a, a full chart that shows, um, you know, from very, very little headwind all the way up to a 16 uh, meters per second wind, which is in incredibly high. That is, that is very, very high, as we'll see in this example. Um, for both a headwind and a tailwind, uh, we'll see with a headwind, the power uh, from air resistance increases from 14 watts all the way to 131 watts, which is almost half the total power of 277 watts from Hans. Um, at a tailwind, the air power decreases from 14 watts to negative 86 watts, which the negative value indicates he literally gets a push in the back from wind. So what is the impact of these examples on his race time? Uh, the running power decreases as the headwind increases and vice versa um, with, with the tailwind. Um, for his specific, specific race time uh, with these extreme, extreme examples, uh, an 18-minute 5K, if you have a 16 meters a second headwind, increases to 32 minutes for a 5k the race time if he was running still that 18 minute power so so that that power that wanted to was outputting for that 18 minutes in perfectly calm conditions if he had that massive tailwind of 16 meters a second it would take him just over 13 minutes to run the 5k and so I don't necessarily think that having the the numbers referring to the table here is going to uh, help as much as it would for you to maybe if you've run a recent race and you're kind of curious about oh you know what if I was running into a 16 meters per second uh, headwind or tailwind um, kind of those fun numbers to, to play around with the secret of running site um, their, their website has a calculator for that, um, but then also you can go to the blog.stride.com and look at uh, the the effect of wind on your 5K time post, and you can read through that full formula there. So in real running conditions, you know, this is another reason, again, like I said earlier, why I really enjoy uh, their, their write-ups from Hans and Ron, but also the book, is that they put things into practical terms because they write that in real running conditions – we never experience a headwind or tailwind during the whole race. It's never a perfectly like wind tunnel-esque headwind and tailwind. It's always going to have a little bit of a crosswind, so they think it's relevant, so they look at crosswinds too. The formulas become more complicated, and I'm not going to read through the full math uh, here because they they write the result is a sixth-order polynomial, and then I'm done there. I, I, I don't necessarily want to have to read out everything um, there too. You can definitely go to the blog and read the full formula. Um, <clears throat> if you come up with a uh, imaginary scenario of that same exact 18-minute 5K time, you have 1K with a headwind, 1K with a crosswind at 45 degrees, 1K with a crosswind of 90 degrees, 1K with a crosswind of 135 degrees, and 1K with a tailwind. 
it leads to a race time of 21.39, so more than three minutes slower than no wind at all, uh, again, in those, those perfect conditions. Um, so I would definitely encourage you to look at the blog and look at their site and kind of play around with the calculator there because it's pretty fun just to say, oh, you know, I had this goal half marathon and I was super excited. I was really uh, fit and, you know, I, I ran a really good race in terms of power. I, I hit my goal. But what would it have been like if, you know, I had a 10 meters a second tailwind behind me? How fast could I have run? Um, so that that's kind of the fun stuff that you can play around with there. Um, the, the closing statement here from Hans and Ron is that they feel the above calculations provide ample arguments to use the new stride at strong winds. The air power will have a big impact on the available running power and resulting running speed using a stride. Hans can just maintain his total power at 277 Watts. As a result, his pace will automatically go up and down with the wind, but he does not have to worry about over or under powering. Uh, in an earlier paper, they they showed fully about stride measuring accurately uh, air power in headwinds, but they assert the case that uh, you should be uh, really considering using the new stride, and they provide some really concrete and great examples, I think. Um, so that wraps up this first episode. I wanted to touch just on two relatively short snippets um, from the blog.stride.com. There's a ton of great content there. If you've never been to the Stride blog, I would really, really encourage it. It's a, it's a great read through some of the past articles. We're really excited to pump out more content as we head into 2020. Um, and I'm personally excited to release more episodes of the Stride Power podcast. Um, I wanted to give a big thanks to everybody who listened in the previous year in 2019. Uh, from March till the end of the year, uh, we had over 67,000 downloads of all the episodes. I think we had, um, you know, maybe 13, 14 uh, episodes, uh, a, a couple announcements basically about new features and, and stuff like that. But I'm super excited to be producing more and more content and just help people who might find the podcast as the best way to learn for them. Um, so I want to put kind of a call to action here, if you are listening and you have a subject that you would really, really like to hear about, please, please, please email us at support at stride.com. So it goes to um, myself and a couple other people on the Stride support team. Uh, if you have any ideas, uh, anything you'd like to hear, uh, it helps a lot just for us to be able to catalog them so we can start working on them. Um, we definitely have some more ideas about some content that we'd like to put out. But if you know somebody, um, maybe it's yourself or, or maybe it's somebody you run with that you know that has had a ton of success running with stride and a ton of success transitioning to running with power, we want to hear that story. We want to be able to share that story. I'm really passionate about, um, you know, when we go to these expos like Boston and New York and Chicago, uh, London in the past, if we go to Kona for the for the Ironman, we get to meet people face to face and we get to meet the people that are using running power, um, you know, every day and they show up to the races and we get to, you know, hear just all about them. So that's the stuff that really gets me going. It's the stuff that really gets us excited. So if you yourself or somebody you know has had a lot of success um, with stride and running power, definitely let us know. Send an email to support at stride.com. We'd uh, love to be able to consider getting them on a future episode. And again, if you have any thoughts about, um, you know, future subjects you're curious about and you'd like to hear about, definitely let us know there. Um, so that wraps it up for this episode. Thanks so much for listening. 
subscribe if you haven't already so you can stay the most up to date on all the training information and all the news coming from the Stride Power podcast. Definitely give us a follow on social media as well. You can search for Stride Running on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, go join the Stride community on Facebook if you'd like to interact with some other people, uh, ask general Stride questions as well. Um, but for now, we will be back with another episode very shortly. Thanks so much again for tuning in and have a great start to 2020. Thank <laughs> you.